we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake that ass up in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club, and we got some special guests in the building. Yes, indeed. We have Angela Rye. All right. Hello. Tiffany Cross. Hey. And Andrew Gillum. Welcome. What's up, What's up everybody? Happy hey, everybody. New Year. How y'all feeling? The internet calls them Destiny Fulfilled. <laughs> Destiny Fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're death row. Did you hear that? They were like, they were like, it's it's giving death row. I was like, I appreciate that. Because of their promo pictures for uh, what they're here to talk about, their new podcast, Native Land. Native Land Podcast. Well, how did you three get together and decide to do this podcast? Long before the podcast, actually. (laughs) We've all known each other. Angela and I've known Angela almost my whole adult life. I think we met when I was like 23, 24, Mm -hmm. right when we both moved to D.C. Angela and Andrew already knew each other. And Andrew and I met... Through the years. Yeah. Um, CBC mostly. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But you were also like in D.C. Mm-hmm. Yeah. a lot um, doing things. And so it was really organic the way our friendship came together. And Angela had this vision um, of doing the podcast and reached out to both of us. And when Angela calls, my sister calls, I always say yes. Mm-hmm. So what was your vision? Thank you, sis. Yeah, everybody has a different perspective of how they met. How do y'all meet, Angela? Me and Angela? Yeah, I'm saying I'm no, Angela's story probably different. 
We no, don't remember. If, I don't remember. I don't remember how I met okay. Tiff. I can say that there are the two of my oldest and longest friends in D.C. When I moved mm-hmm. to D.C., the two people that I associate with D.C. are have um, Ohio connections, yeah. and that's Tiffany uh, Cross and Stephanie Brown James. So mm-hmm. I don't remember. With Andrew, I think the funny story is his best friend is my ex boyfriend. <laughs> so, but somehow several times removed. <laughs> Wow. But 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 somehow but somehow I kept him and let the other one go. That's not how, that's not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 everybody. No, that's been a little comfortable. No, but I gave no, family no, him him and um, R J his lovely bride and his kids now are like my We're niece family. my niece and nephews. So yeah. yeah. What about you, Ag? I met uh, well of course I heard about Angela through my best friend. Um, shout out to Chris, uh, Daddy rest in peace, um, and. Angela was a person, I mean, honestly, if I, if you asked me then if we would ever be working together, it would have been like a hard stop. No, because mm-hmm. both a type, she really didn't ask what you wanted to, you should have directed everything. To tell you. Chris yeah. needed to be directed, but so that worked for them, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel Did like I needed work? that. I don't think that worked. But we, we had an instant, I mean, it, it was instant mad love and respect for the sister who was, I mean, leveling. Uh, your biggest beast in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't matter. Uh, and to see Angela change the culture for young professionals in D.C. during her time there, her legacy lives on with other young, they ain't as live, but it lives on through those who are continuing her work. Um, and to come to this podcast, I think what is particularly special is not just the longstanding relationship that we have with each other. It is that very few people want to enter your atmosphere when they think you are radioactive. Mm. Maybe you're radioactive cooling. Mm. You know, maybe you've gotten through, but it is very hard to find the first person, mm-hmm. the first entity, the first whatever to enter that fray. And what makes Angela's invitation, I think, to me, and I, I imagine, Tiff, you may feel in some ways the same, is that all the hardships had somehow reached alchemy, that you could turn what was what you thought was bad, horrific, that you're still mourning and grieving and triggered by, um, you have to be thankful for it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got us It got us to this point where I think we can affect lives by helping to change and expand people's perspective about the power they have, mm-hmm. how they use it to achieve a meaningful political end, which for me ultimately is our liberation, our yes, true freedom where – we get to move how we want to move, mm-hmm. not how it's been uh, determined we should do in order to reach, quote unquote, levels of success. With, with that said, who determines if you're radioactive, though? Because I think a lot of times we might care more than other people do. Like it might just be, you know, society at large. I mm-hmm. think social media can be harsh. Um, Fuck them. I agree. I Listen, hate that. As I, I said agree. this morning. No, but she's right because the social media creates the noise. Right. And sometimes it can penetrate lazy journalism and drive how newsrooms treat you. Absolutely. um, And how they speak. So, uh, and sometimes it, it, like they say, be your own people. You know, sometimes people who you thought were your friend um, were not at that time Mm -hmm. in in the time of fire. I would say when my um, show got canceled unexpectedly, Charlemagne, you remember that time period, Absolutely. of course. They said it was Charlemagne's um, fault. No, it was, it was not. not. It was no. not Charlemagne's fault at all, for the record. Um, <laughs> but you could not reach me. Like, you literally had to go through Angela to get to me. Um, like, Angela, get on a plane, come to Atlanta. And we were, like, together. 
um, nonstop. And, you know, you notice who's slow to return your phone calls mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. playing the power game and, you know, would rather align with like feckless leaders who uphold white mm-hmm. supremacy instead of people who never came to you in crisis, but were always with you in sisterhood. Mm-hmm. And so I think you have Ooh, three like people that. here mm-hmm. who um, have been consistent in that way. And it takes a special person, like Andrew said, to stand with you in the fire. But Andrew, I want Andrew to say the advice he gave because I can be a petty bitch, you know, and it's like, I don't <laughs> fuck with that person anymore. And Andrew has a really great point that he makes about expecting, like acceptance and expecting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you are expecting, I'm gonna mess it up, but you are expecting a hyena to act like a lion mm-hmm. when they've always been a hyena. That's right. So you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. No, I mean, I, so the, the point about, I think, tried through the fire, you know, the phoenix keeps coming to mind of, of, of going through something and then trying to emerge. I think you, to your earlier question of who decides when you're radioactive, um, you know, that phoenix rising is much more emblematic and representative of what the everyday lived experiences are of the people whose voices really do matter. They are the majority. They're silent in so many ways. Mm-hmm. But this whole flashpoint, you know, highlight real society we've become and um, when inappropriately applied, canceling. Mm-hmm. Of folks, because not of a, I mean, anything real legitimate is because I disagree with your position. Yeah. And we have founders who represented people who, well, the Boston Tea Party, you know, insurrection against the U.S. government that's right, that's right. in a real way, mm-hmm. who were represented by what would become a president of the United States, right? Mm-hmm. So you you defended those people, and, and there's something wrong with where we are. Tiffany, I'm so sorry I got off track, but the, the point I was trying to make was going through these kinds of things, me, the trial, everything that happened po- post um, my run for governor of Florida, um, I had assumed that people who benefited hmm. financially, personally, who got their jobs are holding those jobs and those advances because of doors you were open, because you refused to do business with people who did not hire, employ, respect mm-hmm. uh, the diversity of our community whose mm-hmm. dollars we're actually spending. And I thought because of my presence for them, forget what it meant to lead and represent it as a mayor and run for governor and, and earn those votes and so on and so forth. But the people who I care about and a commissioner couldn't, they they were it, I, I, aloof, disappeared, vamooth. Um, you couldn't a, have thought they were your real friends, though. No, no. Andrew. I absolutely thought that really? these were people who were in. These were people who I yeah. could go into a bunker with. And mm-hmm. I think all of us would have. Yeah. If you was, if you pull back the layers, I'm not sure how, how wide you go with all your circle and whether you call everybody a friend. But these are people I put on a friend list absolutely. after scrutiny yeah. and expect that they're going to be there for me not because I read something in the newspaper and I'm just finding his heart. No, it's because the person I know mm-hmm. wouldn't do what you're suggesting, praise God. Right. And I'm standing with him in the gap until somebody proves me otherwise right. or proves me different. And even after that, I have grace. Mm-hmm. Right. When none of that shows up, um, lonely, angry, mad, and all mm-hmm. that stuff, you know, is for the birds. I'm just so thankful, God revealed for me people in my life who would say and hold me and say, you know, you were expecting those folks to show up as you would, and I understand how that happens. Mm -hmm. But their reaction was simply them doing what they knew how to do. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was their default. They didn't know to perform differently. They didn't know to organize our friends to hold a press conference and call for this, that, and the third. What they did was they retreated to their safety and security. Because right. if they can take this dude down, then what, what about what are they gonna me? What going to do to me? Right. And that's the me? intention of it. That is the intention of it. Don't be too bold. Don't be too real. Don't speak too honest the truth. We have to present, like, if these negresses get too out of hand, we, gonna, we are going to castrate you on some level. I think that happens all the time. Kill so you dead. Is, right. Cassie. It is important to show, Kill like, hey, dead. I'm still here. I ain't never gone nowhere. We are all still here. We're all still standing. And even if, like, the faces look different, right? But it still represents the same thing. So it is, I, I would say, um, Andrew, and for all of us who have ever found ourselves in the public eye in a negative way, to the mass consumers out there, don't do the conservative white man's bidding for him. Mm. Stop spreading bullshit on the internet. Stop spreading salacious things on the internet to get likes. Stop spreading lot like they expect you to do that. Sure. They're like, we gonna spoon feed this to you because we know that you will be the person to carry this to the community, mm-hmm. whether it be right wing talking points or an effort to take out one of your leaders. But what you and said earlier is lazy journalism and lazy the fact journalism. that people don't want to actually read. They they chase headlines yes. and clicks. Yeah. And I was gonna ask, does it bother you that it's a lot of times in, in both your situations in, in Angela Rye as well, where it's the people that look like you yes. that's attacking you more. It is a problem. That is a problem. Part of it is, I think, social media, which just erodes intellect in a lot of ways. Um, read a paper and stop scrolling through Instagram looking at nonsense. But also, even as it impacts um, lazy journalism, look, the, the oppressor does not um, have to look like them. Sometimes the oppressor looks like you. Sometimes they select, I'm going to pick you the overseer. Because I know you are a weak one who can be bought and sold. And I know I can send you out to the path to keep all the other Negroes and Negresses in check. Mm. And you have to look at yourself like, what side, if, I, if history steps back and judge me, what side am I on? Mm. And look, you know, if, if you look at history, there's always been that. Mm. Like Martin Luther King was not celebrated mm. his entire life. Right. He was considered a troublemaker. Like, we don't want you around here. Massive feed, that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. happy. So yeah. there's always been those people. Don't be that person. I, I, I want to yeah. say this, and, and it's, it's coming from a place of love. You know, I got love for you, Andrew. But I know people are watching this, and they're going to say, well, Andrew, don't put that on us. Like, you put yourself in a situation. What would you say to those people? Well, I'm not sh- There's been lots of situations uh, <laughs> for me since uh, like, 2018. Yeah, what situation so, are you talking so, about, sir? But, yeah. but if we... if if um. Um, if Miami were the example, mm-hmm. um, I would, I would understand how someone could be hurt. Now you can't be more hurt than me. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. You absolutely. can't be more angry, yeah. more disappointed, more let down, more whatever than, than me. You don't need to evoke my wife or my children as a mm-hmm. way to help me get to that emotion. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not an appendage. It runs through my blood. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say if I were telling the truth about the situation, I would I would compare it to you deciding that you want to go out to a club for whatever reason, for giving your motivation. And but the main motivation was you want to have a good time. Absolutely. You wanted to be seen, enjoy yourself for whatever opportunity you could. And, and when you were there, someone slipped your drink a quaalude and Everything from the point of your having had that drink to you waking up the next day is a mystery to you. Mm. If we were of different genders, we might talk about this even more differently. Mm-hmm. 
But I made a choice to go somewhere at five o'clock in the afternoon with the expectation of leaving in 30 minutes. And after my drink, I don't have a memory for six hours and every picture, every video, everything we've collected since that was taken of me shows me for the duration of that time, lifeless looking Mm -hmm. or with no ability to give consent, approval or anything else. And so put myself in that situation. Yes, we all make choices. So I chose this gas station to get gas, and I know they sometimes shoot it up. Um, I chose this Highway Express over this one, thinking it would get me there quicker. So, yes, we all make choices. But if you get in an accident along the way, I'm not going to say that you want to go to the club, something happened to you, whatever, but it was your fault because you put yourself in the situation. What, what you put yourself in the situation to do was to enjoy yourself, mm-hmm. have a good time to dance. Mm-hmm. And what resulted from that was something that looked very, very different. Mm-hmm. And I put it that way, Charlemagne, because I think we all have to start to consider the people living, making mistakes, uh, uh, thriving as relatable to our circumstances. You made a choice to go to a club, mm-hmm. and I don't blame you for that. And if something happens at that club that did not have your permission, your awareness, your co-creation. Um, no, I'm not going to berate you for having made the decision to go dancing. But between that and your, your your situation with the FBI, did you realize how targeted you were? <laughs> I had a sense of it, but I knew my actions. I just want to say, yeah, we are here to promote this podcast. This and is you why it's a great take, podcast. You about to take all <laughs> oh, you're right, the stuff Dan, you're from right, the damn right, podcast. Right, I'm literally right. ready to I'm leap sorry. across this chair right. at you. And on a positive note. Because the first three episodes of the podcast are all of y'all breaking down y'all individual We're talking situations. about our stories. Got you, got you, but got you. I, I want to say this too. We came in hot on black people being the overseer. But there are a lot of black people and people who don't look like us who are celebrating this, the union, this partnership, this mm-hmm. podcast who can't wait to hear from you again, mm-hmm. who can't wait to hear from you again. And so I don't want to come in, like this isn't going to be something where we're commiserating mm. about the negativity in our experience. We are so honored to have a platform to speak truth to power, to talk about our political circumstances, to talk about what is happening with a crumbling democracy, the fact that Republicans are taking this head on and are in an all-out war and Democrats are saying the things but not necessarily delivering the things on policy. Mm-hmm. We are eager to talk about these things and our stories and the intersection of all those things because it's not by accident, speaking of targets, that folks up here were targeted, mm-hmm. tried to be silenced, mm-hmm. but you cannot silence us, to mm-hmm. Tiffany's point. We are still here and we will deliver for our folks. Yeah, like, don't we step done. on our rollout, okay? We yeah, I mean, you all, all right. in here. <laughs> so you y'all y'all gonna edit some of this out. Like, <laughs> but, be clear. But the reason I mention that is because you a lot of times. You gotta download the pod, Envy. <laughs> we're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. 
Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. 
You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if you, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You yes. know, like a lot of times, like you said, a lot of people would, wouldn't want to stand next to maybe Andrew or wouldn't stand next to Tiffany. But it's like you guys come together and people see something outside of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I think we need to do that more. Mm -hmm. We Sometimes I think we need to get to the truth and not just what a headline says or not That's just right. what lazy journalism. That's why I go back to it, because sometimes that lazy journalism affects your life mm -hmm. yeah, and people and people don't understand that, that. Yeah, it, it might be a it might be a joke. It might be funny to some. Yeah. It might be ha 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 ha. But at the end of the day, people believe it, and That's it affects right. you know Real what you might do people. next, and affects yeah. your lifestyle and how you take care of your kids and how take you take care of your family. That's not funny. Right. Now it takes how you you know take care of your family. That's right. not funny. Right. And people think it's funny, but it really affects everything that you're doing. But now we can go out of that. So it's yeah. funny when we're joking amongst each other though. Like, yeah, like this, um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, well, see, Charlemagne thinks everything's a joke. He really right? is yeah. a like, problem. No, I was shipping for him, bust my head. Stress. He has a laugh. Yeah, he definitely gonna, gonna laugh. He's gonna, he gonna laugh. And and Angela knows that. So that's how he processes his pain. Yes, that's true. Yes, I think I think the best way to discuss trauma is through the lens of humor. But Tiff, you said something earlier that I that I think is a big problem when you talk about lazy journalism. Why do people take social media so serious? Like when you see yeah. situations that happen with. Bishop T.D. Jakes, or I saw Oprah Winfrey this week responding to things that Beef people said on TikTok. Yeah. I'm like, why? Yeah. Since when did we start giving that, you know, credibility? Yeah. I, I mean, again, it is um, ill-equipped people running newsrooms. Um, I mean, you see this time and, and again uh, where, you know, when you look at, when you break down the data of who is actually on social media, it is less than 10% of society. When you look at who actually uses social media, who's actually the actively active engagers, it's less than 5% of society. So this very small group of people gets a very large megaphone, and you can be talentless, mm. uh, un unintellectual, have zero intellectual curiosity about anything, but you can have a viral moment and be considered somebody to listen to. But on the flip side of that, because I do want to say, because the mainstream media has so ignored the rising majority of this country, Country and created these, you know, thought process processes about who black people are and what we do. Social media has also democratized who has a, a voice in this space. Mm -hmm. And so for that, I applaud it because as, as you continually ignore us, we will build and find our own spaces that can have a damaging impact on democracy. We saw that in 2016, where if the only time you were outraged about Sandra Bland, uh, you know, being mm -hmm. dying in police custody or you were outraged about uh, Trayvon Martin getting shot, the only time you saw that outrage was in an Internet meme then yes, I am likely to go get my information from there while the rest of the media summarily dismisses me. When Russia looked at that and they said, oh, I know how That's we can right. sow discord That's in this right. country. That's right. you, they, it took them 20 seconds to sure. say, oh, they treat black people fucked up. So let that be our entree into their election process and that's where we will drive a divide. What the white-run news media saw was, wait, Trump just won? 
guys, we didn't pay enough attention to the racist white people. Let's make them the center of our story. After George Floyd, I think we all understood that is a brief moment in time. That is a marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. That is a talking point. That is not an active commitment to liberation and equality. And you see it time and again. We see voices getting silenced across mainstream media. Now, Mehdi Hassan, amazing journalist, Mm -hmm. just had his voice canceled because he dared to acknowledge the humanity of the Palestinian people. And he had his voice silenced. Same leaders. When you have somebody, when we look at news all the time, we all watch news all the time. Mm And you look at people, Any, I already know the fact that you have a platform at this time, I'm questioning how real are you? Mm-hmm. I, I got to give a shout out to Joy Reid, who holds the line every day. The more that you watch and support, the more unfuckwittable we are. Mm-hmm. We don't always have that mm-hmm. um, category. And I want to say, Envy, I hear you. I got to say, the community stood with me. The community saw past every kind of mm-hmm. ridiculous talk. I never felt alone. I never felt abandoned. Not only because of my friends, uh, sitting here with me, but people I ain't never met before mm-hmm. gave a big fuck you to a corporation that was uh, intending to take me down. Mm-hmm. It did not work. The community immediately saw. They were sophisticated enough to say, nah, like we know her mm-hmm. and we know she, you know, keeps it 100% straight, no chaser on her show. We rock with her. And it did not work. But this big, huge corporation still gets to drive so much uh, part of the conversation. And I think you're going to see that with the decentralization mm-hmm. of media, voices like ours um, coming filling in the gap. It's that like, was... keep ignoring us. And you, it, it, let me just say real quick, mm-hmm. the average cable news viewer is between 62 and 65 years old, white men. Mm-hmm. That is who they are catering to. The news centers, not just white people, conservative white people. Mm-hmm. So when they talk about, ooh, how big the Iowa caucus is, how big the New Hampshire caucus is, this is a population that is 93 and 94% white, respectively. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, why have we centered this as the most important thing? Mm-hmm. When they talk about voters from the heartland, voters from the heartland, like, why you got to live in East Bumblefuck, Alabama to be a voter from the heartland or real America? Like, to me, real America, go to the slots in Atlanta, Georgia, after a basketball game let out. Those, two are real voters. Go mm-hmm. to a wing stop in East Cleveland. Those, two are real voters. Go to Cracker Barrel in Birmingham, Alabama, after church let out. Those, two are real mm-hmm. voters. I dare say those are the descendants of the architect of this country. But yet, Absolutely. when you look at social media, or, or I'm sorry, when you look at newsrooms and news segments, you will see a, an audience, a, a panel of four white folks, one obligatory black person, no diss to Reverend Al, but so often somebody thinks, well, we got Reverend Al. That's the black perspective right mm-hmm. there. The devil is a lie. That is not true. Reverend and it's Al- definitely not true on Native Land Power. There are three black voices right. who will be talking about our issues every week. I just want to. Where did you get jump- the name Native Land from, Angela? Oh, Angela, Angela already gave me the look like motherfucker. Oh. Steadish back to the podcast. Yeah, like we, we, can, we can go in. And I think the main thing for us to know is this is. Radio, we want people to tune into the podcast. We want yes. them to do that every week. It's dropping every single Thursday. Um, Native Lamb Pod. Uh, is some, Yeah, I'm going to tell you right mm-hmm. now. You're going to have just cut nerve. you off like that? Like, I've been talking for 15 minutes. Boy. Gosh, boy. Gosh, boy. <laughs> um, but no, it was, uh, there's a stanza in James Weldon Johnson's Lift Every Voice and Sing, True to Our God, True to Our Native Land. And I think that the conundrum that many of us find ourselves in is we know that this isn't our original birthplace. This isn't our origin story, so to speak. It Mm -hmm. is the continent. But a lot of us have never been there. We have been fortunate to go. But a lot of us haven't been there. But this has become our native land. This has become our home base because our folks built this. I say we built this joint for free. And then moreover, because of the lack of safety that Tiff has referenced and that Andrew's referenced, we wanted a home base 
for our folks to come to every single week. And so when we say Native Land Power, we also say welcome home, y'all. I was going to ask with the podcast, are you doing the podcast live every week or is it going to be pre-taped? So you're going to be talking about what's going on in the world, especially this year because it's election year. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And just really quickly, um, the other point um, that... Angela referenced um, when coming up with this name is an homage to the indigenous community yes, here. Absolutely, um, we recognize that this land was stolen um, and taken. America wasn't founded on peace and prosperity, as the fairy tale would have you believe. Mm-hmm. It was taken with blood and fury from the, our indigenous yeah. brothers and sisters. So we acknowledge them great and pay too. homage to them as well. Are you gonna have guests as well? No, no this guests. Is a, this is a, a talk-based show. As you can see, we can definitely hold our own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The hour will go by very, very fast. Um, and what if so, candidates want to come on the show? I think right now we're a no. I think that we may end up doing some specials, but mm-hmm. clearly we got a lot to get off our chest. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, and, and a lot to get off our chest, not just politically, because I think we have to draw the distinction between what you get with all the other um, corporate-based, you know, uh, consumer-based news. You heard us talk about our personal stories, which I think weave back into... Yeah a larger societal set of questions that we have to, you know, we have to reckon with. Um, I want to co-sign that the support that I got from just regular black folks I didn't even know, couldn't call their names, was incredible. So social media also gives us the impression that we're the majority tear you down when, you know, overwhelmingly um, um, black folks in lots of times without even knowing a detail left or right knows that something is amiss here. Mm-hmm. And they'll send you $5, you know, mm-hmm. put some peppermints mm-hmm. in your jacket pocket mm-hmm. when you pat, you know, right. what they would do what they can to be there for you. And so it's important that we start to trace some of what has political implications back to right. our practices in society. If we're tearing each other down, know that that's because we are under a white hegemonist system that values you performing and showing up in society this way every day, regardless of what you do in the back frame, what right. everybody don't know. Right. But this is how you're supposed to show up. And when you step out of that blueprint, then something is amiss. Corporate America depends, relies on reliability, predictability. Mm-hmm. They need to know what you're going to do. That's where their profit lies. Mm-hmm. And so we are a society that in large part is the matrix. We perform how... Um, large interests uh, expect us to and they spend billions trillions making that the outcome mm-hmm. i like where andrew was going with that too and tiff has brought this up as well that we um we believe that politics are everywhere like we're mm-hmm. impacted by them we are touched by them whether folks want to touch it or not and so we absolutely plan on making those connections for folks on the pot what would you say to people who will probably look at y'all and say well this is just gonna be another democratic echo chamber I don't know why. <laughs> I, I mean, I vote Democrat most of the time, um, but I am not a talking head for the party at all. I think they make horrific um, decisions. I think they summarily dismiss our community the same way um, a lot of the cable news industry does. I think they uh, fail us at every point. I think this is part of um, another narrative that some black folks have taken in and believed. Um, and that is, and some, and a, a lot of white folks believe it that black people are so loyal to the Democratic Party. That is not true. Black folks are loyal to ourselves, mm-hmm. and the world benefits from it. Um, society benefits from from what we do. I understand the person's perspective who says, you know, you want me to participate in this system that has incarcerated my brother, poisoned my mother, keeps my kids in a dilapidated school. And you're telling me by my participation in this system, I'm going to somehow fix it. 
when for decades my life has not changed. I understand that perspective. When we vote, we are not American enthusiasts trying to uphold the white man's democracy. We are voting in favor of harm reduction. That has nothing to do with loyalty to a party. We are loyal to our people. And by our people, I mean us as black folks, Mm -hmm. but also the rising majority of this country, the Asian American Pacific Islander community, the indigenous community, the Latino community, because this country hasn't been very polite or kind to any of those communities. And so we're trying to be here to advance a cause for the greater good, not for any political party. Would would any of y'all ever vote for a conservative? Like that that wasn't a a Trump conservative. Conservative policies have have been overwhelmingly harmful to black folks. So Mm -hmm. I would... I don't know. I don't necessarily get so caught up um, in titles. But so are Democratic ones, too, though. I, that's what I was yeah. about to say. Like, there are conservative Democrats. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think dogs. anybody who falls under the conservative umbrella, um, those policies are contrary to my survival uh, and to the health of my community. So I don't think so. I think, in, and, you know, we talked about um, lazy journalism earlier, and this is no insult to you, my dear brother, but I think that what we often do is say we want to break out of boxes and then we try to find a way to put people right back in those boxes. I think here on the show, what we're going to really try to do is break out of those constraints and really talk about what it looks like to have a black agenda. Thank God for Alicia Garza doing yes. working on the Black Census Project that now gives us permission to imagine what a world yeah. could look like that we could live in and thrive in. I think the other thing that's really important is I don't really want to construct another Republican Frankenstein. They tried that experiment and failed. Um, at least it failed us. That's Donald Trump, right? Like I don't want to build the ideal conservative for me. I don't. I don't know. Who that is? I think I'm. But there's no ideal, no politician. Though. Well, no I, but that's Democrat. what I'm saying. I to Tiff's point about harm reduction. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm progressive. I don't see myself um, in the White House. I don't see myself for the most part in Congress. There are several congressional Black Caucus members who I think don't get the attention and the respect they deserve because they represent my best interests. I wish some of them would run for higher office, and some of them haven't and couldn't get there. And some of their I appreciate the point around best interests because. The truth is, is that most of these things benefit everybody. I mean, that's part of one of Heather, the most, when, when we say people are out there advocating and legislating on our behalf, it's largely to close a gap yeah. that should never have existed in the that's first right. place mm-hmm. that exists in public policy, society, and it plays out every single day again on this hamster wheel that we're bridging that. But the benefit of that idea, that policy, you can't tell me getting that extra however many hundreds of dollars per child during COVID for child care didn't mean something to white folks, Mm -hmm. black folks, brown folks and everything in between. The problem is, is that we've got uh, folks who are putting lots of money into making sure that all we know are our differences. Yeah. Right. You can't tell me my state is uber Republican when we had a race in 18 that came down to 0.4% difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, right. I am nowhere near a conservative title. Joe Biden is much more than that than I am. And yeah, had a five or six point difference in the last Democratic nominee, you know, love him, but a 20 point gap. And so did Val Demings, right? So what the hell are white people prepared to hear from us? And in what way do they need to hear it that doesn't betray our agenda? It mm-hmm. furthers it, but allows them to see themselves in the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what we had to do to close that divide. And unfortunately, black voters are the most sophisticated voters that exist, period. And we are, we're going to exclamation mark that point on the program. Expound on that. Well, I, well, let's use Obama as an example. We thought he spoke well. We thought that he was well-groomed and well-prepared. And everybody was in love with Michelle Obama. 
But we that didn't, sounded very white, though. Andrew. We didn't be <laughs> well spoken and well groomed. I'm putting it in a in, yeah. in a frame that I think most people recognize uh, yeah. are societal attributes mm-hmm. when you're considering somebody to be president of the United States. He mm-hmm. couldn't be no black brother, brown brother like me or Warnock from the South. Uh, That's uh, why I voted for him. Right, I voted for right. him because he seemed down. I wasn't sophisticated as I voted in. But yeah, I will tell you, you MU, you, our age range, we carried him when our grandparents and parents didn't believe. When they were skeptical. Now, yeah. when yeah. black folks saw that white folks in Iowa and New Hampshire were willing to go there for him, mm-hmm. then it changed our perception of what was possible. But black folks, unfortunately, but it has created in us a gift, have always had to consider how white people will vote mm-hmm. when considering whether we could get behind that candidate, That's put so money there, organize for that person. Because if it can't, if it ain't real, mm-hmm. as pragmatic people, mm-hmm. we're not going there by and large. We support you, hallelujah, da, da, da. But society by and large isn't supporting you. So when we saw that, did we rally or did we rally? There was mm-hmm. no turning back after uh, New Hampshire. And then South Carolina, there was South no, Carolina. it changed the winds in South Carolina. Yeah, well, the polling Oprah, was different yeah. a week before. And Oprah was with him in South Carolina. So I'm saying it was a lot of, he, he won a lot of cultural wars. Pop yeah. cultural wars. It, it I think took a long time to get to frames. that. A whole long yeah. time. Because black folks were silently in the Clinton camp, if you remember. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Y'all talking about y'all inside no. political people. I'm talking about people just on I'm the I'm talking about no. my grandmother talking, and my yeah, mother who were committed to voting for Hillary Clinton. The first time I ever voted was Barack Obama. Period. And so you what I'm trying to tell you millions is, of others. What I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to tell you is that President Obama energized a whole group of people who never even considered politics. That's literally what I think Andrew's point was. There was young people first who carried him and made it feel like that was even possible. You Older black folks were, we're like, not this yeah. cannot happen. In the happen. church pews yeah. and it wasn't happening. Not just political folks. And, and it wasn't because they were hating. That's they, right. They, 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 they love us and want the best happen. for us, but they are. They were scared. They didn't think he was going to be able to make it. To your point of sophisticated, why are we because we consider the performance of everyone else. Yep. Bake it into the formula before we go in and make decisions uh, yeah. about ourselves. We and don't that's have the what, privilege. That's why we're going to talk about liberation because liberation is that I get to decide regardless of how it impacts. I am going in here and I've got a frame and yeah. my freedom requires that I vote for this thing that's going to lead to more of that. Yeah. Yeah, Angela, they're taking from your podcast, Angela. They're taking from your podcast. All the stuff you're talking on the podcast, they're well, taking no, from your podcast. I don't more. know we if you know this, but we're not, we not at a loss for words <laughs> around like here. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back too, because there was yes. a lot of people who would say, 
No, I don't want Obama to run because he'll get killed. Yes. I remember when he won the election, people thought he was going to get shot on stage. I remember when they had the parade after he got sworn in and he got out the car, people was like, no. No. I was one of them. Yeah. You know why? Because we have lived alongside these homicidal maniacs for 400 plus years. And we have seen firsthand what white violence can do in this country. And I think Andrew's point was we are sophisticated because we don't have the privilege to say, to cherry pick uh, values and political standpoints and say, until I find this specific person, I'm going to reserve my vote. I hear so many uh, white women with that attitude. Um, a lot of the Bernie folks, I think, had that attitude where it's like this this specific set of things I'm waiting for. And if I don't, I have the privilege to sit it out. I have the privilege to uh, criticize. I have the privilege to, to cross a political divide and vote Republican. We don't have that. We don't have that. We have to consider. And that's why I say we're not sophisticated. I don't. I don't, I, don't I, feel, that I don't feel we're sophisticated because we know where our vote is going. No, Everybody knows where black true. people vote is you going. Know, I, I, what you mean? I don't think. I don't think that's true because you know why? Because black people, they're just like everybody else, every other constituency. Black folks have the option to abstain. I hope people don't choose that. But the conversation, I think, this is where the news media gets it wrong as well. The conversation is not. Um, you know, there's a lot of focus on black voters when it comes to how we uh, fail when we don't show up. So now the conversation is, oh, Biden and all his trouble with black voters. No, talk about white folks who are actively supporting and excited to support an insurrectionist president. Talk about white folks who are happy to celebrate a man who is has umpteenth uh, indictments and three baby mamas. Talk about white folks' excitement about somebody who put over 200 white conservative judges to lifetime appointments who were completely inept in law. Some of these people had never been judges before. Those are the folks who are a danger to democracy, not black folks after being frustrated in this process for so long. And I don't hear um, the, the us being called dangerous. I do hear the point about sophistication. And I think it goes back to um, pigeonholing us into believing that we are not capable of having a nuanced conversation, mm-hmm. right? I think that- We don't have a nuanced vote. I we that vote. Well, and we, that's, we, that's, we have a nuanced vote every time we vote. Yeah. But because I, but, what black people are doing are deciding, and, I'm, and I'll stop yep, here. because I need to finish my ir- sentence. <laughs> we can't say- that simply because the majority of a vote goes one way that is in lockstep. Couldn't it be that we liked the sum of those checks too and we knew that the other party is against them? And so even though I can't get everything I want, this gets me marginally closer to the things that, that meet my need. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's that's not my point. I support that. But I think what I'm saying is it is unfortunate. When you go to the ballot box, you are literally in a box, right? You are, you have to make a decision. There's no nuance between checking between this person and that person. It doesn't mean that the road you traveled to get there was not difficult, was not was not excruciating. The things that I'm hearing my dad say about what it's going to mean for him to vote for Joe Biden this time is hard. You know, like there are people who I love dearly who have said not in, and they didn't say this in 2020, but like this one is going to be tough. And, because and I don't feel represented. Why? Like, why would I get out and vote and not sit on the couch? Right. That's right. what a lot of people are saying. Why? Why would I go vote for Biden? Or, or they're saying I haven't heard. I'm, why wouldn't I sit on the couch? I have heard. I wish somebody else was running. I have heard that. I've mm-hmm. heard it a lot more. It is scaring me. Right. And what I hope comes out of this, not just for us, for the conversations we'll have on Native Land Pod, but I hope what comes out of this is a push from the administration to do some things to meet people where they are, meet them in their sacrifice. People showed up through a pandemic Mm -hmm. for this administration. Mm -hmm. Show up for these folks. 
You know, it's I'm tired of having the conversation about the Democratic Party takes black voters for granted. We know. What are you going to do about it? Chairman Jamie Harrison, mm-hmm. I know you. I know that you know the sacrifice. I know what you're up against with all those white consultants that ain't moved over there. We got your back, so have ours, right? I think that it's time for us to really have that conversation more publicly. We've had it quietly because a lot of our friends work in there. Mm-hmm. We want to give our, we want to embolden our friends, empower our friends. But now we're at a point where our family members, our friends, are talking about this more publicly, and they deserve to be held to account. And they attack y'all when y'all speak out against uh, their president Biden. Well, look, I, they do. I, I, they they this is some real yeah. plantation. Like, don't you talk about massive like yeah. that? Yeah. Well, That's but but, but I think he good to but, us. But Leonard, it might not just be plantation mentality. Some of it is fear. I was so I, I was I watched him and, and I don't want to minimize that fear. Was, I got to check this time mm-hmm. that there was legislation. There, there, there. So you were, can't be mad at people who feel like that about Trump when they got these stimmies. Oh, listen, stimulus check. I thought he was in my checks and balances. And not just the stimulus. I'm saying the agenda. If y'all, if you have kids and you were paying for daycare mm-hmm. and you saw that that subsidy doubled on your taxes, yeah. mm-hmm. that it went to a three month, every three month disbursement, things have happened as a result of this man being in office that has improved our quality of life. How do you message what, that? What, well, you got to remind people and you, they have to stand the fight for it. What happened? Mansion and Cinema said, we're not going back there. And that was all she wrote. Mm-hmm. Two Democrats said we're stepping back in the Senate. And that was all she wrote. Lord, but I will yeah. tell you this much. If Biden were running off of his agenda, and by the way, I firmly believe these things ought to exist in society anyway, because That's we don't right. get, we don't pay people enough to deal with the hell we deal with to, 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 to catch our breath from day to day. We are Native Land Podcast is going to be transformational because I think it's going to remind us of our power. And yes, elections have names on the ballot of people we don't like, think too old, might die, da 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 da. But it is unfortunately the system that we are operating within. And yeah. until we can coerce that system to looking more like the one that we believe we deserve, That's right. you don't walk off the field. Mm-hmm. You stay on the field because there are consequences to walking off the field. Yeah. Trump said, I know who's getting most impacted by this coronavirus and it's mostly older, sicker and people of color. I knew right then in that press conference that he didn't care a lick about the coronavirus because the people who were at the intersection of the greatest impact didn't look like him. He didn't care about him, so on and so forth. So if we if we if we just check out because we're not getting everything. At least tell me you're checking out from Joe Biden because on the other side of the agenda, you're getting more than what you're getting on this side. Not one promise, not I'm going to send a check to your business, but I am going to produce public policy that leads to your greater freedom, your ability to move Mm -hmm. the way you want to move because those rights are inalienable. That's what I want to see. You switch over. I may have an unpopular take here, so I may lose my amen corner, but... Um, there is a saying in politics that you can never blame the voter. I am going to blame the voter a little bit because Mm -hmm. I feel like society at large is so caught up again in bullshit. And so there are many things that the Biden administration has done that people benefit from. I think one, there's a lack of understanding in civics in this country across every socioeconomic status, across every racial divide. People don't understand the difference between state, federal and local government. And so sometimes people uh, ascribe blame where there should be none to the federal government Two. 
we have to take responsibility as citizens of this country. It is our job to know when elections are happening, what's on the ballot, who's on the ballot, why these things matter. So maybe, just maybe, instead of scrolling through Instagram, looking at nonsense for three fucking hours, maybe pick up a paper or maybe Google. Maybe mm-hmm. say, what has Biden done for black America? That's a question you have. Ask that. That's a fair question. You should be asking it. I encourage mm-hmm. that kind of curiosity. Ask it. Maybe um, you will be surprised. You can call up your member of Congress and say, hey, I got 50 friends in my house and we want to hear what you're doing for us. That member of Congress just might show up. Maybe show up to the school board meeting where your kids are in school, where they're taking, they're rewriting history. They're, they're banning books in this country right now. Maybe participate in that. At the bare minimum, you can read something. At most, you can go up and show and show up someplace and ask a question. You can host something. You can be a voice. You can write a check to a candidate. You can run for office. But these things do require some participation from us, not us sitting around whining about, well, I don't know what he did. Mm-hmm. When you have this in your hand every five minutes and it's full of information, you can find a reliable source from the White House website itself to newspapers, et cetera, and be informed. I agree with you. I just think we're intellectually dishonest about a lot of this stuff based on what party we like because we'll say things like, oh, mm-hmm. people don't know civics, but then if you mention Barack Obama, you'll say Obama gave you health care, right? But if you say Trump uh, gave stimmies, you'll be like, no, Trump didn't give the stimmies, Congress voted for it. Or if you say Trump mm-hmm. did the first step back, Trump didn't do the first step back, Congress did for it. See, a little intellectually dishonest, everybody is based on what fair. party I think that's you fair. deal with. On both, on all on sides, yeah. Of it, yeah. right? He said yeah. based you're, on you're absolutely right. Because you said Google what Biden did. Mm-hmm. So you want so so whatever he did oh, pass. You what Trump gonna, did. She I was that, she was saying to the question because people it, it does come up. I mean even in some of the questions in the comments where I was like, what do you guys want us to address on the podcast? Mm-hmm. One of them was, what did Biden do for black people versus G- the GOP? Now the we, they got a shortcut get, because the they can look at done, that speech oh, from yesterday. No, the uh, from the, the, the Charleston speech because he had a whole list of stuff in the pulpit at Mother Emanuel of what he believes he did for black but people. But the things he didn't get done, the first thing we'll say is was because Congress wouldn't allow him to. But yeah. if he had gotten them done, y'all I'm like, look what Biden did. That's why I say it's, it's a little Well, I think be careful about y'all, like. right? We t- have this fight all the time, mm-hmm. even on our phone calls. Like, I don't <laughs> like to be... Who the fuck you saying y'all? Why are you saying y'all to me? <laughs> no, like, that's not how you say that's, it. it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on... That's true. It depends on what y'all were on. If we on the fourth y'all, that's definitely where I'm at. But I, I guess the point is... Say y'all again. Yeah. That's what she said. How about that? Say y'all again. Say y'all again. I bet you don't say it. I bet you don't say it. What's up? But no, I think at the end of the day, it is true that we will um, assign blame um, to people that sometimes don't deserve it when there is a whole process to Tiff's point on civics. And we will reward someone who we need them to win, you know. And I think that, again, going back to the reason we're here today. Native Land Pod, every Thursday, we're going to be honest about processes. We want our folks to be smarter. Mm -hmm. We want folks to hold us to account. If we say something wrong, tell us. We want to get it right. And it's not to be right. It's because we want to be better. We want to be free. We want to walk in our true liberation. If we can get our folks one step closer to that, Mm -hmm. that's what we want to do every single day. As long as we give them a shout out right now, because black people, ever since we've been able to participate in elections and before, have been holding this country and pushing this country closer right. to its true vision of an American dream yeah. and mm-hmm. its principles upon which it's built, enshrined in the Declaration of Independence and and the Constitution and reiterated throughout, it's been black voters who have consistently showed up to hold America to the fire of the promise mm. that we weren't even designed in from its beginning. The That's words were there, the actions weren't, 
And black folks have been the reinforcers and the accountability agents to make the words mean something. That's right. That's right. Native Land Podcast right. starts January this 11th. Thursday. And, and I think it's very important to note that this is the first flagship podcast from Reason Choice Media, which mm-hmm. is a political podcast network uh, with, with, with iHeart that Angela Rye is the founder of. With you and Chris Morrow. And it is nice. my honor. There you Indeed. go. Yes. So there'll be a lot more shows uh, coming down the pipeline. That's Every right. Week. Well, we appreciate you guys for joining us. Thank you so much. Angela Cross, Andrew Gillum. Subscribe to Native Land Podcast right now. Do it. That's right. First episode drops Thursday. Wake that ass up in the morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories.